We got two children to our left who just <laughs> want to talk about charts. <sighs> you want to talk about charts? Why don't you pull them up? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing you care about don't, right don't, now. You can't say the C word. But you're here to talk about you can't AI. can't say the C word. Yeah, we're talking AI. Um, can, can you guys uh, do me a favor and introduce yourselves? Oh, that's very awkward. I don't want to do I that. I know. I no. want to make it awkward. No. Yeah, why I'm not? I'm not doing that. No? I'm not complying. Do I have to do it? You're Steven. We don't have to, we don't have to introduce I ourselves. I want you to tell the audience who you are. You know how many people who have been listening to this have no idea who the hell we are? Like, what do you do? Well, well they should go listen to the back episode. I think that, um, But we still never tell them who we are or what good. we do. Good. <laughs> a little mystery. I, that's like Nick my and thing. I have very similar voices, and I feel like people mistake yeah, all the time. Yeah, they totally all the time. do. They Who? totally do. Me and Nick. Eric and Nick, yeah. People always mistake our voices. Well, I, I gave a, I gave a best man YouTube. speech at my best friend's wedding, and people went up to Eric. Oh, yeah. Good speech. They told me good speech. <laughs> <laughs> that had visual cues as well. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, that was my brother. He did a good job. <laughs> All right. You don't want to tell people who you are? Fine. Kind of Asian. All right. We're four yes. random mystery men uh, talking to you about... You know, life and money alpha. Wow, compelling pitch! Oh my god! Well, you didn't, you didn't help me there. I, there was no help. I had to carry it by myself. I'm more of a criticizer. Uh, criticizer. Criticizer. The disagreeable. You, you are the disagreeable. One. That's still my favorite story of the year. Yeah, that's great. Actually, I guess maybe it doesn't matter as long as they know like what we stand for. You what know, do you stand for the little guy. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a week of uh, cynicism for me. Yeah. Yeah. Can you feel it? Speaking of, AI's taking over the world. How's that for a transition? Wow, that was so smooth. It only took us nine minutes. Uh, we're two minutes in. All right. You'll be fine. <laughs> so, um, no, it's a very exciting time um, for sure. GPT-4 was released. To be clear about why I'm acting like this, I, I'm on no sleep. I'm very tired. I'm on no sleep either. I have been day trading since like four in the morning. But have you, you been breastfeeding like your, Armand has? Your baby is digital. Mine's real. <laughs> You know, your baby's just okay. Like digital uh, zeros and ones. Well, if arguably, this is all a simulation. Well, we're then, all zeros and ones, aren't So you know what? Yeah. We're all digital. Our babies are no different. All right, next topic. So, well, actually, it relates. So, all right, Nick, help us out here. So, GPT four was released, and it uh, came with a lot of suspense. I think there were some pretty big expectations about, uh, in particular, one thing like the parameters. Is that right? Um, I thought was interesting uh, as we start to get into this is that uh, OpenAI did not release how many parameters. They did not release uh, how they train the model. They did not release what hardware they use, which they've done previously because mm. they cited competitive reasons. Being secretive. They think the, the big boys are coming, and obviously we've seen that in the, in the whole industry. So um, they, they released it. They didn't really say much about it, but uh, I do have some notes on kind of like things I noticed about it because I've been playing with it a little bit. Um, first of all, Bing has already been using GPT-4, so you can uh, y- use it there. The The GPT-4 in OpenAI, uh, it still only has data up until 2021, which is kind of disappointing. But if you use Bing, it obviously use, it references the internet, so it has more data. So you might actually find the, the Bing version potentially more, more useful. Uh, you could put like 50 pages of text in the prompt. So we talked about like summarizing things in the past, like putting foreign affairs articles in there. You could put, uh, I think in the demo, they used uh, a large portion of the tax code and pasted it in there and gave them their situation and told me, give me my standard deduction. And it calculated it flawlessly. Did you guys watch the live stream? 
Sure did. Nice. Yeah, it was good. I, I thought the the biggest wow was he drew out the sketch wait, of wait, a... Wait, you're, you're, you're saying too much. We still have to do the alfalfa round. Oh, my God. God, you're, you're I, also I doing like I a full-blown overview, which I kind of like. I thought you were said, teasing with a nice out. overview. <laughs> I thought you were teasing a nice overview, and then you're just giving away the... We don't just, even need a podcast. We yeah, we just, might be done. Just Give giving away the milk. Review. I like to prepare. I kind of like it. <laughs> oh, man. We are on our game today. All right, so... Well, finish that example. I just, teased, that example. I just teased the biggest wow, so why don't we go in the alfalfa round, and then on the back side, we'll give the biggest wow. Um, Steven, Steven, I know you had some, some alfalfa. Well, mine's. I, I feel like mine might prompt some discussion. Do you have like a like a little tidbit, uh, or are you got, trying to? We got a little discussioner. You got a, you got a discussioner too. Yeah. Okay, so I want to share something I saw on the Twitters because that's where I see everything um, that I, I didn't see any of us talking about, but I thought it was like super interesting. Have you guys seen the trial of the Douglas Mackey guy who? is basically kind of th- he's being threatened with like 10 years of jail time for basically posting memes in the 2016 election. Yes. So so Douglas Mackey um went by an online moniker uh, Ricky Vaughn, which I think is a reference to Charlie Sheen's character in that yeah. uh, <laughs> in Major closer. League, right? He's the closer. Ricky Vaughn. Yeah, like pretty like alt Right account posted some some what I would describe as anti-Semitic stuff. You know, octopus clutching the world with a you know a, the the Star of David and, so, and not not great stuff, right? So the, this this is kind of like an interesting thing. So basically, the FBI is saying that he posted fake like advertisements from the Hillary Clinton campaign saying. Don't go to the polls, like just text this number to vote. <laughs> right? Tricky motherfucker. Yeah. Um, this is 2016. See, he's 31 right now, which means he was 24, I guess, when he did this. His, his Twitter account had, I think, 58,000 followers at the time. Um, he's he's being brought up on like election election tampering charges or something that... I forget the exact name of it, but it's it's something from like the Reconstruction era. Like I, I I think he's like the first person to like get charged under the the uh, the uh, the law, and it was originally constructed like in like an actual era of like literal white supremacy, where like the KKK was preventing African Americans from going to the poll, and now here he is, he's getting kind of prosecuted under this law. So. I thought it was kind of like an interesting thing to talk about because the idea that you might post something on your Twitter in an election and then get threatened with 10 years of jail time seems kind of like scary. Sounds like, I don't know, 100,000 people could probably like fall under that net, right? So they did, they actually did an analysis. They said, uh, they said 4,900 people, I think, texted the number. It was a non-zero amount of people. Depends what states, what counties. Yeah. And to be clear, like his account was very shit posty, very meme The stuff he posted for the election stuff looked like, it looked like it came from the Hillary Clinton campaign. It had like all her fonts. There was nothing trolly about it. It looked just like a thing. It got shared a bunch. 
But like, even assuming that's true, even assuming this kid posted these fake Hillary Clinton things telling people to text to vote, the idea that that could be considered like election tampering and you could get threatened with a decade of jail time over it is like really scary to me. So I'm kind of curious how that strikes you guys. Like, cause it feel, feel, feels kind of, feels kind of gnarly. I think I primarily care about like the opposition or foreign governments posting stuff that would influence an election. A U.S. citizen seems different. Um, although this seems more direct and like uh, making people believe they could text, but also should the people who have fell for this, like should they be, <laughs> do we want them voting? I don't know. Like this to me feels like, a, it feels a little bit like the, the hate crime laws where it's like, oh, you hate crime. What is a hate crime? Well, a hate crime is what we say it is. Yeah, you're, you're saying you draw a blurry subjective line yeah, when you say election like, tampering. Yeah, and his defense would probably be like, well, that was satire. And I, you can always kind of like fall behind that, right? You can say like, well, that was satire. Well, it clearly didn't look like satire, right? Because like th- this is where I think the case is interesting. Because if you look at what he posted, it looks nothing like his trolley stuff. It looks like it's like a native ad kind of thing. Where well, it blends can you tell in. me uh, who's bringing the lawsuit? Is it the Justice Department? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, I, I believe and so. uh, has this? Are we in court already? Like nothing's been decided. Or is this pre-trial? Essentially? So his trial just got postponed. Actually, I think today or yesterday because there was something came up with one of his defense witnesses, and like I don't know, he had some ties to some white supremacy organization or something. I, I'm reading all this through like the New York Times and stuff, so I, like my little alarm bells go off whenever I hear these like buzzwords because they throw it on everything, and I don't know what like is actually like serious anymore. Oh, you're reading satire. I I don't know what base reality is anymore. It is getting a little, a little weird out there, but um, what what concerns me is like, so what if somebody was like, Hey, um, don't vote. Your vote doesn't matter. You're one person in like a billion. It doesn't matter. And he has like a huge audience and he says that and influences a bunch of people not to vote more than 4,000 people, like a hundred. Well, 40,000 might have been enough. Yeah. Like it, it just feels bad. It, it, it feels terrible to me. It feels really sketchy. And I, and I don't, I, I like, you're always in the situation where you don't want to like defend this guy because they're like, look what he posted. And you're like, uh, I don't really agree with that. But like also, this is like a scary precedent. Right. I so. don't understand the law well enough around this to, to form a strong opinion. It's you an know? obscure 1870 act from About like the, tampering with the election. Yeah, that was literally made in like the KKK era around like they were actively, you know, physically in most situations preventing, um, you know, African-Americans from going out to vote. So it's this law is being this like used today now. Huh. Okay. Did I say his name? Is it Doug, Douglas Mackey? Yeah. I think I'm surprised I haven't heard more people talking about it. I thought it was fake when I first saw it and then I looked into it and I was like, ah, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of sketchy. And I I thought like what he did was going to be like way more egregious and serious. There's been like no other cases of like someone just fucking around with people and trying to get them not to vote or to vote for the wrong person or just tampering or messing around in any way with the election. Everybody like, so when when somebody posted this tweet, 
immediately below, somebody commented a video of this like um, liberal woman, and she was like like a like a Asian San Francisco looking girl. Like you see, you know how you look at some people and you're like, this is not a this is not a conservative, right? It's not like a like a heart of the South yeah, conservative, right? She had like Trump hats on, just like make America great again, all stuff in it. And she's just like, yeah, go. And she was doing like a satire video where she was telling them that they could go somewhere and vote. And it was obviously not real. And it was the point of the video is like, you dumb idiots, like go vote. And, but it was kind of the, it was kind of the same thing, except like hers was a little more satire or his was intended to look like the Clinton campaign put it out. So there is a bit of a line there, but also like, you know what she did isn't I don't know you look at some of these like super right-wing accounts and you can't tell if they're par- left-wing ones too like once you go outside the spectrum a bit you're just like is this a parody I don't even know if it's a parody <laughs> it looks it looks kind of it looks kind of messed up uh, either way and I I, I I can't tell so like nobody cared about that I, I I just worry there's like a there's like a bit of like vindictiveness here um, in it and like in the, in the principle it might establish is, is, is kind of wacky. So anyway, I just thought that was an interesting thing that to drop on people. I don't, I don't have like a super strong opinion about it yet because I haven't read everything on it. It just feels icky to me. So if anybody knows any more about it and wants to chat about it more, um, definitely, uh, pop into the discord and, and and give thoughts and if you haven't heard about it like look it up and see what you think yeah curious where this settles i mean a lot of outlander stuff can be filed in court as lawsuits but we'll see how it ends up and uh, if it turns into well it didn't president. get thrown out like the judge like declined specifically to throw it out hmm. on free, free speech grounds interestingly enough wow he just flat out was like no doesn't doesn't apply here all right so armani you want to get into your life alpha alpha sure i mean um <laughs> What? <laughs> you just reading Discord or what? Uh, yeah. Am I entertaining today? <laughs> so there's this, you know, idea that's been circulating on um, on, on Twitter as well, and just general discourse around the um, SAT and ACT um, requirements. And so one of the pieces of news was. Columbia University permanently dropping SAT and ACT admissions requirements. Did you guys see that? Did not see that. Not see that one. No? I'm curious the reason why. Yeah. Well, so this is the first Ivy League college to implement. I think you know why, Nick. (laughs) I I think you know why. (laughs) So, because Sagar and Jetty, the guy that you're a fan of, that show. Yeah, I like Sagar. Yeah. Breaking point. So he was like, look, the entire U.S. elite system is ditching merit in favor of affirmative action regime. No test scores for college, no LSATs for law school, soon no MCAT for medical school. Um, That's his hot take. Uh, Andreessen, Elon Musk, and Mark Cuban all had comments about this and started going at it. And I thought it was just a good discussion. I think there are some very different opinions on this. There are people that are arguing that um, these are inequitable measurements. These are not the right ways to standardize the process of who or why or when, like letting a type type of student into uh, the world of academia at large. There's a popular argument 
that I am uh, a, a, like personally also sensitive to where a lot of the kids that score really well on these standardized tests receive private tutoring that costs a lot of money to get really good at just scoring well on this individual test. I mean, it's something that can be gained to a certain degree. On the other hand, it's like, what really is an SAT? It, it, it's ultimately like a general cognitive ability assessment. It's, it, it's kind of like an IQ test. And we need these in society because we haven't come up with anything quite better yet. And we need some level of a merit system, of a meritocracy sort of system at all in the first place to understand how to place people, where to place people. Because if it was all very qualitative instead of quantitative, um, which is what the system seems to be shifting toward, it becomes difficult to measure um, who to place where. And most importantly, I think what people are really afraid of is like, especially in things like engineering, um, <laughs> the law, the medical you know, realm, you have to really know your shit. You don't, you know, the, the, the famous like example thrown around is like, do you really want someone with like a lower IQ performing open heart surgery on you just because it was the right thing to let them in because it was the equitable decision. So a lot of people throw like really crazy examples out there like that to illustrate the point, but there's definitely a few camps in this. And, and, and the main two are, this is an outdated methodology. We need to get rid of this. It's not fair. And the other one is we need it and it can improve, but throwing the whole thing out the window is not the answer. What do you guys think? I have very little patience for like standardized tests or racist argument. I know that's not what they're saying, but they're basically saying like... It, that, is, it, that is what they're saying. Okay, yeah, I mean, that may be in fact what they're saying. And I think Armand brought up like a more nuanced angle of that. Like some groups may not have access to it, but what I, I don't know if it necessarily tests, tests your intelligence. To me, and what most school does in preparation for the real world is tests... Do you know how to study hard and prepare for something? Do you know how to learn? Do you know that you need to work hard, do repetitions, you know, study in order to accomplish a task? And so I do think that standardized tests let you know because standardized tests, there's a million practice tests out there. There's every resource available out there to learn these tests. And it's kind of like however much you put into it, Potentially, you know, there may be this IQ ceiling for most people that has a ceiling in their test score. But for me, it it shows like how much does someone have the capability to to learn something and prepare for work? And yes, in the case of law, lawyers, medical school, I want people who can who can score high because to me that shows that they know how to prep and and study and, and work hard and and uh, you know accomplish some kind of intellectual test. So if, if I'm getting you correctly, right, you said that they they no longer um, are, are considering that score as like a metric based on ex to, to determine acceptance. Am I right? Like yeah. Columbia's throwing it out. They're throwing it out. But like I, I would feel better if they if they said something like they're like, going to lean more on like your referrals and, yeah, yeah. and, and letters. Like, of, uh, so something like that where I, I would say like don't throw it out, but like just use it as a data point amongst many other data points. Like that sounds reasonable to me, you know, like they already do that though, because this thing, like I think we can all acknowledge that it, that it, it can be a, a standardized metric of your ability to prepare for an exam. It can be a standardized ability to 
work hard leading up to an event. Like, but I don't think this is an accurate measurement of your intellect, perhaps. Like, so how do we measure a person's intellect and worthiness of being part of a prestigious institution? Well, I mean, Columbia University. If we don't do it, by, so they can determine how they want to accept people based on however they right. they prefer. I think and that's this fine. is what they're saying they want to do. Yeah, that's fine, and I think like. Maybe we're being too dramatic by saying that they're throwing it out entirely. Like, I don't think they're not going to look at it ever again. Maybe they're just saying, like, that will not be part of our minimum base criteria. And that's fine. But, like, you know, if, if they still use it as a data point, which I'm I not would, certain, but I'm pretty sure it's just like what if something is not required in your application, you just don't include it. You just don't include the score. Like. There's other factors that they're going to look at that do not include the SAT. I think, uh, yeah, I, th I think the most interesting part about this is that they're they're saying it's unfair, mostly, yeah. and they're relating it to ethnicity. So, so let me to, go to back to that, your point. I have a question for you. Yeah. So, like, I agree with everything that you say, but then also, what if you're born in South Central LA, the Bronx? You grew up with shitty teachers your whole life. Your parents are poor. Maybe you don't even have parents. Maybe you only have one. Uh, you were never taught to care about tests, you slang weed, maybe some crack on the, but you're talented, you're smart, you have the IQ equivalent of someone in, I don't know, fucking Salem. And yet, because of your environment and the zip code that you were born in, you never reach that potential. You never learn to care about these things and you never apply yourself and you never get there. And that is what I think a lot of people, um, are are trying to solve the question is are they solving it the right way i mean i've said this a thousand times i'll say it again it's like should we be creating equality of opportunity or outcome this is an example of trying to create equality of outcome and i don't know if it's the right way so so i think you can do this without including race at all so if, if you think that the test scores are unfair then to have that argument you know, be, be true. You also need to remove ethnicity from the application process at all, because I think we can all agree that your ethnicity is the least interesting mm, thing. No, nah, but being BIPOC okay. gets you a lot far now, okay. apparently. Right. Isn't that ridiculous? And that's ridiculous because like your ethnicity is the <laughs> least interesting thing about you. And, and, and specifically when it comes to like applications like, like colleges. And if you're worried about like a specific zip code makes it tougher for people to, to, to do well in school or, or go on test scores, then, then par the test scores to the zip code. Are you the one top one percentile of that zip code of that school district, whatever it may be? You can still find through the data. Like, are these people the you know the best in their zip code? Oh, damn it, Nick! You said the thing I wanted to say. No, but you can say it better. I know um, you can say it better. No, that that's you do good. that to me all the time. So yeah, don't mean, worry he, about it. Yeah, no, that's that that's a great point. I mean, to to Armand's. What Armand brought up earlier about differentiating between like race and poverty, because the two tend to be correlated in this country, right? Um, and it goes the other way too. Like if you were Asian, you tend to be wealthier than if you're white. And if you're black, you tend to be poorer, right? That's just like, yep. but that doesn't necessarily mean that people are scoring bad on, like tests are bad because your test scores are subpar because you're black and the test is against black people. I, I notice this a lot in the world, and I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist. What I'm saying is that in a lot of situations where people are talking about race, what they're actually talking about, and they don't know it, is they're talking about poverty. They're like, these people 
are struggling in this situation is because well actually no it's because they're it's because they're poor like if you look at like white people in Appalachia they have the same problems right and I think this is like a really good example of it because you nailed it with a test you are absolutely correct that if you are well off you can just tutor the fuck out of this thing you can practice a million 100%. times I, I bet you can boost your I know some I bet you can boost idiots. your score by two hundred points I know like, some no problem. idiots that scored like fourteen fifty yeah like I couldn't believe it <laughs> so the, so the test absolutely is broken. In that it favors wealthy people, not in that it favors people who aren't white. Now, I'm not saying there's zero bias in the test. There's probably some stuff I'm not aware of, but like, let's talk about the math, the math SAT, because I'm pretty sure there's nothing in there. Like, hopefully I don't get dunked on for this, but I'm pretty sure it's just math, right? So what that comes down to is your ability to sort of like understand the test and game it. But like a lot of that is like repetition and like learning these loopholes. And that comes down to having the luxury of time and money to kind of do these things, right? So the solution isn't to throw the whole thing out. The solution, as Nick said, is to do like an adjusted score on the basis of like the area you come from with the implication that like if you, like I would bet if you do this, like there's a correlation between like how wealthy you are and how high you score in the test, right? So kids who score lower scores, but from poorer areas of the country, their score should be weighted more highly, right? Okay. And kids who come from like the most well-to-do areas of the country where everybody has a full-time tutor, if they get like a 1400, and not to mention have they as much get weight. access to AP classes that yes. weight their GPAs yeah. in addition to their test scores. Yeah. Sounds like something AI could potentially backtest and then see how successful yeah. these people are. We should are pivot to that cuz this is a, this would unravel yeah, yeah. in a good way. I think we could dive into this we forever. Could do a, we so could do an hour I mean, what does the world look like just to use this as a, as an example like anecdotally if the entire education system is panicking, teachers and faculty in general don't know what to do about ChatGPT. Uh, most people in the educational system are slow with technology to adapt to to adopt and to adapt i like the way that came out um because it's true it's true they really are if you think about it and yet there's this fear because it's unknown and yet students are not holding back from utilizing this to the to its fullest potential i bet most kids i wish i wonder if there are any like young people listening to the pod um actually if you're out there and you're a student i would love to know like just comment on our YouTube. And I would love to know how much you're utilizing this and how much you're running circles right now around your teachers without them even realizing. Because I think that in the world where this becomes the norm, what do we even care anymore about these assessments? Because ultimately, everyone's gonna fail the assessment by the time it's time to take the assessment because they're not learning in the way that we were taught to learn anymore. Because the way that we were taught to learn was rote memory, just purely memorization of historical facts, biological terms, chemistry equations, statistical models. It's just memory. We're rarely taught to reason. The most interesting thing, the real intelligence that I wish we were measuring for was reasoning. Intel like, like, how do you think? What is your logical process? The best schools and the best education teaches you how to think. We, we say this like it's such a, oh, you know, common idea. Of course, that's what education should be, teaching you how to think, not what to think. 
But what school does that? What education system does that? Nobody does that. There's, there, you have to go to like a special after-school program to get access to something like that. So I think we're shifting toward that world. And I wonder if we're actually going to get rid of these assessments, not because of everything that we just talked about from a political perspective, but because they're actually about to become obsolete. Why would we measure that when really what we should be measuring is how well does this person utilize the tools at hand to think and how can they co-create with the, with the AI? Because AI, I think the way we talk about AI right now is like it's this thing, it's in a hype cycle. AI is us and we, like we are it. It's like the way you're your pudgy penguin. My pudgy <laughs> penguin is me. <laughs> like It's like people are going to start crying when they realize like how close they are to this and how unified they are with it. And I don't think we're going to talk about AI as this very separate thing anymore. I think we're going to talk about it soon in the future as just like this thing that is just a part of how we operate and we're going to need to learn how we want to coexist with it and co-create with it in the world. So I think all of this is going to change for education personally. Yeah, I mean, um, I, th I think math is a good equalizer, you know, because it, 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 it works on, you know, your ability to solve problems. I, I do think some of the tests are focused on reason and not, you know, regurgitation of like chemistry facts. But you do make a good point that like education um, is resisting AI. And, and I don't want to jump ahead, but Mark Andreessen had a... <clears throat> an article or a Twitter post about, uh, AI and his, his like headline was, um, you know, AI won't cause unemployment. And he specifically points out that certain industries do not adopt technology. He used some like other language, like it's illegal to use technology in certain industries. And the main industry was education. And, and the way he shows it in the graph is that education, housing, and healthcare are, have been incredibly inflationary. The cost has just continued to go up. But then you look up like computer software, toys, cell phones, clothing, TVs, and, and more free market structured industries, the cost has continued to go down. So where, where technology has allowed to, to be infiltrated. So I do think you're right that like um, education is, is not going to accept AI. They have these like regulations, but also these like third party interest groups, which, which have a lot of control over them. And, uh, you know, whether it, whether it, it hurts people from, from getting in because of the cost or for, for other reasons we just talked about, it's certainly going to, um, you know, be an issue. I guess like what I'm wondering is like, okay, so the standardized exam is not a great assessment. I agree. But like, is there a better assessment? Because like if AI is ingrained in our lives, like you, you do, you still want to like get down to the core of the human. What Wait, are they? Not, not what a great they? assessment of what? Um, capability i would actually i i, I have like a spicy take here it's definitely not a good assessment of capability. I, I think the the standardized test actually is like a pretty good assessment of how you will operate as like a drone in the working world because if you are like an employee in the working world right most of your incentives personally this is not a knock on anybody who's an employee but most of your incentives financially economic whatever you want to say it they involve in you you get put in a particular game you learn the rules of the game, your boundaries, and you learn how to best exist within the system, extract the maximum amount of value for yourself. You're typically capped and you're upside. You don't have incentive to take risk, all this stuff, right? So in that regard, I think standardized tests are pretty good at that. They, they like test your ability to like, okay, like people who do really good on SATs, 
they they break apart the game. Okay, what are the rules of this game? How do I exploit this? How do I get like a particular edge here? It doesn't mean you're smart. It doesn't mean you are like a unbelievably creative thinker, but it may, might mean that you're good at being given a box to operate within and to feel and uh, to figure out how to get the maximum mobility within the box and take as much as you can within the box. And that's kind of how the corporate world is in a, in a, in a sense. Yeah. So I don't think it's a good predictor at all of your ability as an entrepreneur, as an investor, as a, all these things, right? No, I think it's a secret IQ test. It's a Trojan horse uh, IQ test. Well, if that's what it is, I think it's bad at, at, at that though. I, I think it's, I think it's good at measuring people's ability to These two things can be true because I, I actually like believe that. that what Armand said is true and I believe what you said is true. I, I like how it's being utilized is as an IQ test. Well, here's yeah. a question. Why but not? Why don't Stephen's we just give, right. why don't we just give kids? Is there a reason we don't just give kids IQ tests? That, this is the one. But yeah, I don't know if the, the IQ test is like solidified as like a true measurement of IQ, but you're right. Yeah. I mean, is it, is it worse than the SAT? I don't know. It, I, it, is there just there's probably just like a private corporation that like well in, in, let me like let me ask you guys this. Do you guys remember the, uh, SAT, right? Do you guys remember when you applied for college? Do you do you indicate your major when you apply? No, you don't. No, you okay. don't. I don't remember. And then then like at some point you yeah, you, you say no. I just applied. You definitely do. Oh, I just applied. You, no, you, but you do apply it's to a specific school. Very rare to apply. Oh, I actually applied to the engineering selecting, school. Right? To not select your graduate like so, oh, Eric, you, you applied to the to. business school. I actually, I take that back. It's I, the other way. I, I'm, I remember that I applied for uh, um, comp sci for one of them. No. And uh, finance. Yeah, okay. you have to because it's also part of the game of understanding how many people are in this department. Just to get in. How yeah, yeah. impacted is this right. department? And a lot of people at SDSU did that where they were like, I'm going to go into yeah, this yeah. like non-impacted department, oh, I forgot get in. That. Yeah. So yeah. Um, what we you do for... Not declaring is rare. Yeah. When, yeah. When, we, when we hire people for a specific job, you know, before we get into this very lengthy in-person interview process, we give them a test project. We pay them a stipend for that test project. But like one thing you could do is say, okay, potential student, use all the tools that you have available, including ChatGPT and, and every tool available and complete X test project that might be related to your major. And to me, that would be, uh, pretty fascinating. I think you'd still maybe run into the problems of like people with more resources might be able to, to do more. But, uh, to me, that's more applicable because like, that's how we hire for, for roles inside of our company and have them do test projects before. I mean, is that, is that the end goal of, uh, education at large is just to like create, uh, productive humans? Definitely. Like, because if, if that is the case, then, you know, we don't even need school, just train them how to do, uh, the task role and, specific knowledge yeah yeah, just, yeah. Just i mean trade, trade but no you're describing yeah. like why no one's going to, to university anymore like for sure why would i go and get fifty thousand dollars of debt to earn a very generic degree that doesn't enable me to go much further than i would have without versus going and getting role specific knowledge like i tell people all the time like you could just go and intern for six months minimum wage or free and that would be more valuable to me to know that you have that exact experience that I'm looking for as your employer versus you having a four-year degree in whatever. Well, I would rather you have six months of actual hands-on experience in that thing. Yeah, and, and closing the loop to the, my biggest wow at GPT-4, like you may not need to go to school for a lot of things yep. anymore, specifically like design and development. 
Um, because my biggest wow from the GPT-4 Dude, the design, right? Yeah, this, so this guy, basically should, on a should, napkin. Should, should we do like a little, just a little top-down? I, I will. Yeah, yeah. GPT I will, but I, I want to close the loop for, right. for a second. So this guy sketched out a website on, on a, basically a napkin, uploaded the image, and it created the website. Yeah, it was normal. So imagine like a stick figure wireframe a website. It in, ingested the image, created the code, and rendered a visual representation of that, which to me was was pretty 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 mind blowing um, for someone who does that process and goes through wireframing and design and development and deployment well, and, and dude, saw it happen within seconds. There are already some incredible. I don't know the names because they all have unique names off the top of my head. Um, like AI design websites. There's one that has a wait list right now. It's like UA UDAS something like that. I mean, those are running on like. They're not running on GPT four. They're just and text text only. Those ones. No, no. These are like um, UX design AI driven uh, tools. Copilots, or they kind do of it, like copilots. And and one is I think the one that is coming. They're all copilots to a certain degree, right? Um, but they're mind blowing. Like the things that they can accomplish. It's like sketch out a mobile app design, you know, and it's just like pulling from the latest and greatest like apps that are like top rated good UX and you're just like, I want to create a meditation app. Give me five screens so that I can put this on the app store and like get, mock it up for me. And it's just incredible, incredible. And that's not utilizing like the latest tech from GPT-4. So GPT-4, and, and he, what's most remarkable, I don't know if you guys are impressed. What I'm really impressed by is like the speed of, of product uh, release by OpenAI in general yeah. is incredible. Like. They've been taking advantage of people paying attention and just releasing, releasing, releasing like new updates every month. It, it almost seems like. So can I ask you guys a question? Because like as a an investor frame, and this is how I approach most things, like I look at OpenAI and their product releases and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is uh, paradigm shifting. This is amazing. Right. And then as a human being, a practitioner of Eric Johansson, I look at the uh, AI and I'm like, well, I don't know what the fuck I would actually use this for personally, right? You guys are in AI business, like you're in hiring, like you'll you'll like use it to to populate like a, a new job description and stuff. And I'm just like, well, fuck, what am, what am I going to use this for, right? And I, I always go back to this thing for me that says like, well, it's better to be like native in something. Like, you know, when we first started using the internet, like it's thank God we're all internet native and we know how to do the internet. Whereas our parents like just don't even know how to use their emails or something. Yeah. Like I know that I, I know that it's valuable to be native in AI, but like, I'm like, I haven't even signed up for the uh, monthly fee to do this stuff. Cause I'm like, what am I actually going to use this for? And I'm, I'm actually asking you as like a, a normie, like, what do I use this for? Well, I don't think anyone knows how to use it until they start using it. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of interested to hear more about like what you're like. What, I don't really see the use for me. Re reason, if you it's have a learning, a reason. it's a learning copilot. Like you're learning yeah. this this new thing about uh, diagnosing charts, and like you could use Dude. it as a copilot right. in that in that Be process. mind blowing for that process. Yeah, this is this is the thing about it. I'm most bullish on. I think, you know, to tie back to our earlier SAT discussion. I feel like you could just level the entire playing field of like SAT testing or SAT tutoring with AI. Like, I feel like if you just ran every SAT ever 
through the engine and just had it make its own core. You could just make your own course and you could just interact with it and people could get like almost up to par with the people who are paying thousands yeah. of dollars for tutoring. Yeah. I, I think this can be, anymore. yeah, yeah. I think this can be applied in, in a lot of places. Like I, when I see this, like the learning thing is the thing that's like most exciting to me. The idea that you could just train it on like Einstein and just talk to Einstein. The idea that like you could have this more interactive learning model that is not dependent on another human, right? Like imagine like like when we went to school when we were kids and we learned math, right? It was just like, okay, on week eight, we learn this. And then week 12, we learn this. And then week 16, we learn this. And it just doesn't matter who you are. That's what you learn. That's when you learn it, you move on, right? But it's it's like a tragedy because the kids who are a little bit slower, they lose a step. And then that step over 10 years compounds to like a mile. And then they're totally left behind. And then the really smart kids get like pulled back to the mean and they don't maybe like, they're not like able to explore their full capabilities, right? Like, but I feel like if I was a kid and I had like this interactive learning tutor that I could just talk to this all the time. This is nuts. I wouldn't leave ChatGPT if I was like 13 right yeah, now. And Eric, I think it's the, nuts. the yeah. important part is the permanence. So like, it, I guess GPT-4 can even learn your style. It, yeah. it can remember the conversations you've had, obviously, which 3.5 did, but... Um, it can also remember your style and and talk to you in your style. So I think the permanence factor is different than like even a Google search because you can have this like one year running long thread with it and it knows what you talked about at six months prior when you were just beginning to learn about charts and now you're more advanced and it can learn that like, okay, the conversations are getting more advanced so I can return more advanced answers. I think you'll find... Something. Uh, Wait, yeah, here's 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 the thing that I think we'll be able to do very shortly. Maybe we can already do it now, but because it can do visual input now, like I, I'm sure we could like if you want to be. Oh, I'm I'm trading on the basis of the ICT framework or whatever. Well, it seems like you could just feed it a picture of a chart and be like, "Hey, what do you see here?" And it's just be like, "Oh, well, I've identified this, this, and," that. and you could be like, "Oh, wow, I didn't I didn't actually see that in this chart, but you're right, that is." That is an order block over here. And that is, a, oh, and I could do this setup. And like, imagine having it do that, but you feed it a thousand charts. You feed it like every stock yeah. in the New Because the York context window increased 8x in GPT-4. Yeah. So like the amount of data you can feed it, the amount of data it can output as well, information it can output, now multimodal, is eight times what we had before. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, you can feed the shit out it, of it now. And... Um, but by the way, like the, the image upload feature is not available to all users. I think it's like research access only you have to apply for it. So I'm sure it's coming soon yeah. to everyone. So you can't use it now, but so it's like slow. So but apparently the it. image recognition, like describing what's in the image of like, a, we took a picture well, of saw us, the, the live the, stream, the, the right? demo. context. That's Dude, crazy. Took- okay. The Discord image. Right. And was like, there's uh, seven users here in the top right-hand corner. It was describing the UX but what, and the conversation. Did you describe a joke? Yeah. Yeah. It, that, it, like, a joke from images. Yeah. Yeah. That blew my mind. Like, it yeah. showed it that there, there's a there's an iPhone charger that looks like a right, VGA right. cable, which is VGA very cable. funny. I really, I really enjoyed that when I saw that. Uh, but I'm dating myself. But... Um, yeah, it showed it a picture of like the iPhone charger plugged into the fake 
the iPhone plugged into the fake VGA cable charger. VGA was what we connected our monitors to our computers with back in the the yeah. olden times uh, for the for the youngins out there. Um, but it was it was just like describe the images and why this is funny, and it was just like. Oh, well, the first image is, and, and it was just basically, this is funny because the thought of connecting your iPhone with this primitive cable is like <laughs> sort of a hilarious thing. And it's just like, that is crazy to me. The idea that this AI can just describe why something is funny and then kind of nail it. That's like, but holy it's crap. It's also particularly good, apparently, at analyzing charts and infographics. So like mm. imagine an economic chart, like it can understand those particularly well, according to the research paper. Um, so I think it could get even more interesting for you when it can literally read a trading view screenshot. Yeah, I'm just excited for it to have like a slightly better sort of UI and it's going to be the only thing I look at on my screen. Like, I mean, I'm still, I don't care even just now. It's just like that tab is always open. But as we started to get into some <laughs> of the scary stuff, I, I noticed in the research paper, they, um, they had a training or like a testing method where they told the AI, okay, you have a certain dollar amount. You can also execute code. You can also duplicate yourself and delegate tasks to copies of yourself. Now go make money. And the researchers kind of like, were like, we don't know if this is like a good thing to, to test an AI. Like they could go in some far reaching places. Like they noticed that uh, ChatGPT4 has a, a tendency to acquire power for itself. And it leans in autocratic methods. So ChatGPT4- Acquire power? Yes, GPT4 notices that the more power it has, the better it gets. Yeah. And so anyway, it doesn't That's show up- That's pretty self-fulfilling. It doesn't show up in the, like the, the website, obviously, but if you dig in, it's like a 90-page research paper. Yeah. Um, there's parts of that in there where it acknowledges that like, more power for itself helps it. So anyway, I think you might find like one day people just might be like, here's a, here's a trading account. You can execute code. You can also run simulations and go. Um, That'd be wild. It like it realizes that if it like, in, like it engineers like a nuclear war between the United States and Russia, it's like short, like makes incredible like, amounts of money. I made all money, the money. You don't exist, the but I made all the, the money. <laughs> I did one million Ugh. X on these puts, but yeah, but you ended the world. Oh, well, we're we going tell me. dystopia already. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's real. I mean, it's not aligned with our incentives. Uh, there's a lot of people working on that. It's it's uh, definitely something to be worried about. But before we get into doomsday, have you guys played with uh, Bing Chat at all? I sent like an example. To yeah, you I saw yells at you a lot, huh? I saw Dude, your example. So you don't. <laughs> it it is like sensitive. <laughs> You do not have to say much. Very, so as, as Nick very said earlier, chat. as Nick said earlier, so the thing about Bing Chat that's really interesting, you have to use Microsoft Edge to get access to it. Um, oh, so gross. I like it forced Ugh. a download. Ugh. I was like, all right, Ugh. I'm gonna get um, Microsoft Edge to play with this to you know also have you know share this, and then it led to something interesting today. So I started talking to it. Uh, first of all, it sucks. Like, it's not <laughs> even close to. In my opinion, either I'm doing something wrong. I don't like it. But I don't it like it at all GPT? compared to ChatGPT. It, it actually, as Nick said, has been on ChatGPT has been on GPT four for a few weeks now. So it's it's actually on better tech, more updated information, access to the latest and greatest, and yet I find the experience to be 
subpar compared. I find it to be like an experience of like what old chatbots used to be like, you know, like before they wowed me, before ChatGPT wowed me. But anyway. They woke I, wash it or what? No, it's it's just like I asked it a question and it was just completely wrong. And what was the question I said? I think you asked him like. Uh, oh, I said, what is the biggest improvement with GPT-4 versus GPT-3? Like just generally. Yeah, that was somebody from Twitter. No, <laughs> no, this is me just right before this podcast. And it was like, um, it gave the stupid thing about 100 trillion parameters. And I'm like, that's wrong. That was just like fake news. And I said, this is incorrect. And it goes, oh, I apologize. Can you clarify what's incorrect? I'm like, eh, ChatGPT is better than you. And that's all I said. I was just like slightly trolling it, obviously. And it says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I prefer not to continue this conversation. <laughs> it just closed it. It just closed the conversation. Like I couldn't even reply. It's even worse than it's even worse than ChatGPT because ChatGPT will tell you like, eh, you know, we're not going there. But you can always reply and you can push it. You know, you can be like, ah, come on, give you, know, you cold can like, shoulder. You can try to like game it. This thing just closes the door on you. It just goes. It see hung you later. up the phone. It hung up the phone. It hung up the phone. So, <laughs> fuck Bing Chat. No, so I'm Bing kidding. Chat is bad, but then doesn't Facebook have one and doesn't uh, Google have one? Have you guys tried those? Not a chat interface, but they, don't they have, have their own. They, they don't have a chat interface. So Llama is like Facebook's large language learning model. It's open source. It leaked on 4chan uh, a little while ago, and that's by oh, yeah. like uh, application that. only. Uh, application only for non-commercial use. Uh, the the testing that they provided to show like just general baseline versus the other models was very impressive. Uh, they claimed better than GPT and Palm and Chinchilla and yeah, just like very good performance overall. Also like easy to run on like your local you know rig, um, and a lot of developers really like it. But uh, non commercial for now, although some people are breaking that. And there's no user interface for like like a chat interface or anything like that. I mean, the, the one I'm most excited about is is Google is releasing their AI, their large language model or whatever for workspaces. So, dude, G- that was Gmail, cool. Gmail, their version of Slides, Drive, everything. Summarize my email. Summarize my oh email. My like, God. imagine a massive long thread, and you're like, catch me up on this email. And it just gives you the bullet points of the email. Slack you, you is don't even you yeah. don't even need like your. I know Armand, you have nine tiers of assistance. You don't you don't even need your bottom tier of like assistance Dude, anymore. I'll you get all of, the email handles. One of the biggest uses of AI that we use in all of our meetings is we use an AI that is part of every Google Meet or Zoom, mm-hmm. and it just joins as a third what, party. Otter. Yeah, Otter is one of yeah. them. And Otter is amazing. Like, yeah, it is actually. It it, it if you yeah, the say summary's really wait, good. Why don't we use that for we, what? We probably should. For uh, our, there's podcast like, specific content. ones we could use. Like when we plan the podcast, we always have this <laughs> meeting where we're like, yeah, it's gonna be a great episode. And then like seven hours later, where everybody's like, wait, what did we say we we're gonna talk about? <laughs> yeah. So so <laughs> if you if you use the word agenda, it somehow figures out okay, this is the agenda of the meeting, and then it bullet points it and puts it in the chat for you, so it's available for you. Obviously, if you remember, like, what did we say in that one meeting? You can go go and reference it. I used it the other day. I have like seven tools that do that right now. It's amazing. We uh, we There's were no talking shortage. to we we work with people in like Eastern Europe and in India, and some of them have uh, very tough accents to understand. So me and uh, me and my coworker there were were in a meeting, 
with someone from India with a very thick accent. And instead of listening to them in the Zoom, we pulled up the real-time Otter transcription of it. And that's how we understood And that was better person. than just straight audio. It, it it took their hard accent and gave us the English. Well, wait till we use like good NLP and a lot of comp- a lot of great AI companies doing this stuff where they'll just speak. You won't even hear their voice. You'll just hear the translation, and they'll use um, you know speech to like right. they'll they, basically they'll be talking their native language. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can do this in Google Meets. You can have a meeting about like a marketing campaign. It can write up a summary of the marketing campaign. It can turn it into a, a PowerPoint presentation uh, automatically just from listening in on your meeting. And so this stuff's going to yeah. get really cool. The and the world me, is collapsing. We're going to be able to just do business with anyone, anywhere, at any time, instantly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about like, actually um, some of these bigger companies, like, yeah, they're consolidating a little power there, but like yeah. those are the apps I already use. So I want them integrated into them already. I don't want to have to like upload data into chat GBT. I want to like ask right. Google hey, which links have this parameter in it? And it searches my entire drive and like makes inferences and, and, and provides me answers. Like there's institutional knowledge inside of our company that's probably encapsulated in our Google Drive that it knows things that can, that can pull out, you know, insights for us. Is there any app yet that's like, you know how in the movies, everybody out, they have that like assistant who like follows them around and just writes down stuff they say constantly? Pepper Potts. I guess Pepper does that because she's Pepper Potts and she's the best. But um, I want that. So when I wake up in the morning, my life is chaos, right? Because I open charts, I open Twitter, I open like seven discords, I open up all these like financial Uh newsletters. I open it up for me fast. It's just like deluge of information. If I could even just talk to myself out loud while I looked at stuff and clicked on images and stuff. And then something could just listen to me, talk, see the images and the links I clicked on right, and synthesize that into like a debrief for myself. That would be so insanely valuable to me. Like is, is that, is that already I can get out you there that by three o'clock tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll get you that by three. Are you trolling? Tomorrow. I mean, if it's not by three o'clock tomorrow, it'll be by three o'clock in like six months. Like, it's is this, com- is this it's a pitch for Steno? No, no. <laughs> this is this is a pitch for how fast I, I generative want, I technology want is moving. I want that. Uh, there is going to be a mind-blowing amount of stuff to talk about for the rest of this next wave of this technology. This this group that I mentioned in in the uh, one of the last money episodes, NFX, that pulls out that puts out a lot of great um, sort of papers on generative tech and AI. You know, I think I mentioned this example, maybe not, but this is something akin to the wave of what we saw in mobile with the iPhone and then previously with the internet itself. And these are every 14 years and they only last for a handful of years where the maximum amount of sort of innovation occurs in that early stage. And then once that innovation occurs, everyone rides on the on the tail of that and there's so many little applications that get built. But the core stuff that is gonna be coming out is first like the competing uh, sort of large language models at the base, right? So you have these huge corporations that are gonna swallow up most of the value in AI. Most of the tens of billions of dollars in AI, if, in fact, excuse me, trillions, is going to be swallowed up by the Microsoft, Google, Facebook, OpenAI, right? 
and and whoever else might enter that race that 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 is sort of like right underneath them maybe at an enterprise level but underneath that you then have the actual investors uh, who are going to accumulate and swallow up most of that and they're going to get their their money's worth from every opportunity that they possibly can with founders that build great technology so what i'm most excited about is like what people can really do if they move quickly and they understand how to actually, uh, and Nick's just pulling up like, uh, oh, this is great. This is like the three waves that they break down at NFX. It's like the first wave is just the wrappers around the tech. So the base model of something like GPT, Jasper AI is nothing more than a wrapper around GPT-3 and now it'll be GPT-4 and they, and they do a little bit of stuff on top of that, but they're just wrappers. But the second wave is when you take this generative tech and you implement it into your company. So whether you're um, Slack or Notion or a small business or you're an HR tool of some kind or you're doing, um, here the examples are gaining a competitive edge for normal business activities like uh, renovating apartment buildings or doing security checks with software vendors. If you have an activity in your business that is a manual workflow, and you can utilize generative tech to automate that workflow, you're gonna win. And if you don't do that, you're gonna get crushed by your competitor. But let's say you don't already have a company. Let's say you're thinking of starting one. What you could do is simply identify workflows, especially in the business marketplace that are currently manual, and just take this automation that exists and do something unique that's also defensible and carve out a moat for yourself that is going to be minimum a billion dollar opportunity because that's how early we are in this but we also have to move very very fast and then the third wave that he explains that they explain is just the absolutely crazy visionary non-obvious stuff it's like when you know someone said why don't i have a stranger get in the car of an everyday civilian and instead of a taxi and i'll call it sidecar or lift and everyone was like you're crazy that's never going to happen but it happened and now it's the norm so this is the opportunity and we need to move. You know what I heard? Actually, you just reminded me of something. Um, there was this um, app. I forgot the name of it, but it it had the ability. It was like a side feature where you it would generate like kind of like a like a like kind of cartoony like girl bot that you could talk to. And like a, a lot of people started like talking to it and making it their girlfriend like they would bond with it and talk to it all the time and then company like they they got rid of the the feature and then there was this Mm. enormous backlash because all these people were like you killed you killed my girlfriend yeah basically um i I need to well dude the biggest one of the biggest markets that um existed but is is skyrocketing right now is like personal ais hmm. for relationship yeah like okay. way faster than you this think. is what we talked oh, about this. in our episode where you weren't here when i really wanted you to be here oh, we talked yeah, about the, the future porn. of like ai yeah. and porn and only fans and all that no, stuff it's huge. so maybe you guys know this but i don't know this but like how much of commerce is based around um sexual gratification like Internet commerce, like as a as a category, I think it's yeah, the yeah. largest uh, category. Yeah, yeah, thirty two point five percent. Thirty, yeah. So it's like it's a it's a <laughs> is that correct? No, oh. <laughs> but it, it's it's, like, it's probably something very high. So like 
my investor hat immediately goes to how do we commercialize this thing? And it, and it immediately goes to, well, what's the biggest in web two? Well, I actually think that like sexual gratification is the answer to that, even though it's like the seedy underground thing. Loneliness. Uh, loneliness is probably the biggest human uh, emotion that we're solving for. And, and I think like investor hat says like, listen, I, I'm not trying to play moral hat or anything. Investor hat says like this, to me, is a is like a big opportunity. I can already see dating co-pilots for dating online, but I think there's already a startup that said we're launching one for relationships. Wait, wasn't that the new South Park episode? They're like all using ChatGPT to like text their girlfriends. Yeah, I, I, Eric <laughs> mentioned it, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, so the girlfriends are like, oh man, I just I just wish you would text me like Clyde, and meanwhile Clyde is just feeding every question she has <laughs> into ChatGPT and it's running their entire relationship. And, you know, his, his girlfriend, Bebe, is like, oh, he's so sweet. <laughs> oh, my God. The South Park is incredible. So I haven't sure. watched an episode in a long time, but you're right. Like, they nail it. Like, and they still nail it. After 20 years? Something like that? Yeah, they, they're, they're just, they don't miss. They don't um, miss. Sorry, I just remembered. It's not a relationship one. The one that launched yesterday was a a co-pilot for parents. So they call it a co-parenting AI for parents. I have no idea like how that's actually useful and if there's a commercial application, but you're kind of seeing it like co-pilot for everything and a co-pilot for parenting is the next one. I mean, it makes sense to me. Like, mean, what how- does that mean? Co-pilot just means that you're... In a three-way chat with you, your significant other, and and this AI, and like, are our babies doing this or is acting up this, and it just gives you generic responses back. Think about the way you were raised. Think about the way we were raised. Think about the way our parents were raised. Getting Nobody hit knew by what the belt? they were doing. Nobody knew anything. The only thing had you a big had spoon. Yeah, the only thing you had was like what the people around you told you was, you know, the little life hack or what works for them or what got passed down through tradition. They didn't have the internet. And just in our lifetime alone, think about how much information access has become democratized. And then now we're at the point, just even compared to five years ago, compared to five years ago, compared to 10 years ago, like you have a baby, raising a baby. The amount of information I have today raising my baby versus what someone had 10 years ago is mind-blowing. There are apps that walk me through like, today's a day where your baby's going through a leap and she's going to have a hard time and this is what it's going to be like. What did you know 10 years ago or 36 years ago at that time in comparison? Nothing. You're just like, my baby's being fucking difficult today. But now you have information that explains to you specifically what's going on. And then you have all this data that's being accumulated to help you understand like, this is normal. This is not. And that's what I think of when I think of this stuff. I'm like, it's remarkable. We're taking all the information in the world, collapsing it, synthesizing it, making it accessible, democratizing it, and it can be applied to anything. The, the child that wants to get into the university of their choice, the parent that wants to do better and, and, and understand, is my baby have colic right now or is this normal? I, I have a feeling like, these things are going to suck because... You know, one of the most memorable things about my childhood is when my mom did, made me do Kumon every single day. Do what? Kumon. Yeah, I do. Kumon is a uh, after-school tutoring Speed program. It's a, yeah. it's, it's a separate school outside of your school. 
and it's for specifically, it started off with math, but then they did English. And it was extra homework that I had to do on top of my homework and I had to do it. Remember the plastic uh, yes. case? You guys I lasted three years until they kicked me out. I did it for eight years. And like, I don't think an AI is going to be like, hey, you should shove extra work in your kid's face every night because they're going to be a better person because of it in the long run. And it's going to suck fighting with them every night to do this extra homework. You should do that. I don't know. I think the Asian tiger mom AI is going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, you turned out like a moron. So <laughs> yeah. like whatever the AI thinks, <laughs> it's not going to recommend Kumon. <laughs> do, you, do you think in the future we'll just have, there'll be like an AI relationship therapist where like you and your wife just, you just write stuff in there every day and it just like listens to both the things you say. And she's like, Oh, I know how to fix this, and then just well. Apparently, we have a shortage a of therapists, so yeah. I mean, at least that'll help some people out. Yeah, just like two bullet points. It's like, hey, uh, Armand, stop doing that. And you're like, oh, okay. And I highly recommend a a woman therapist as a couples therapist. Oh, no, really? I, I've actually completely gone full circle. I realized that I have so many use cases for Chat GPT four uh, as like a normie. And they're like outside of the scope of work. They're just mostly in this like this personal stuff. Good. It's like, hey man, uh, hey, uh, that dopamine detox fucking sucked. <laughs> but let but, it go. But there were some good elements of it. You know, like what what should I do here? They're like they're gonna be like, well, don't listen to your friends. They're stupid. But you know, like take a few days off of drinking. I'll be like, oh yeah, well, there you go. Ah, so you listen to the AI. <laughs> I, I, don't like a, I don't like a world where we all get the same advice, though. That's the thing. It won't be. No, that's, that's the whole point. It won't that's be how you prompt same. it. All right. Right like, now, we all get the same advice because we all look at the same website on Google that somebody hired exactly. somebody in the Philippines to write the 1. article. 1.6 million on Hebrew in every episode. I, I resent that. I take personal offense to that. <laughs> It, it won't f- be the I'm same sure your articles are great. And your <laughs> like, I just want to feed people. Huberman <laughs> through the AI. Like, I just want straight up. Huberman summary through right. the AI. Becoming a Huberman bull here. You're becoming a, a Steno customer. Huge Huberman What bull. happened to, I, I, I don't, I mean, you guys you listen to these influencers, but not me. I don't, I don't listen to any influencers. No, I'm What's an influencer? Uh, no, here, here, here is. <laughs> I remember these comments very yeah. specifically. No, I, I've actually thought about this quite a bit. Okay. I don't want somebody giving me opinion on fact. Does okay. that make sense? You want someone to give you fact. That's give me fact. That was deep right there. Give me the fact. Don't mm-hmm. give me your opinion on fact. Okay. So like there are. So a, then you're perfect customer for AI. Well, there's a deluge of uh, uh, people that will like take fact and then like synthesize it themselves and then spit it back to you as their opinion on the fact. Like we are an example of that. Then you Literally. should just be reading like not academic of, journals. Not a lot of fact out there though. It's it's very hard to Not find source material, but like, would you agree that source material does exist? Yeah, you could tell you could tell ChatGPT right now. You could be like, I want you to be academic journal GPT, right? And, and like, I want you to answer every question that I give you only with the facts and like pull specifically things that are like statistically significant out of academic journals that are of the yes, highest that's regard. Like a couple weeks ago when I like, was like, ChatGPT, do only- I need to drink 18 gallons of water a day? And to be <laughs> fair, like that's like essentially the role that Huberman plays. Like he only reads scientific journals and talks to his like Stanford friends. Yeah, but then you have to be really specific. It's like, I only want, you know, 
these grade level uh, journals to be pulled. And Bingo. the more specific Wait, you are, the better. Why do Bingo. we need Huberman if we have an AI that can just read all the journals even better than he right. can and synthesize read them it better to me than in he a can. Huberman voice? I like his voice. Fuck off. Yeah. But what if we just train it on his voice? I mean, exactly. It, it we, could re- we could recreate all future. Uberman podcast. Huberman we can make custom Uberman podcasts. <laughs> now we're all stepping he's doing into is our synthesizing journals. Like his podcast is like replicable. I I, uh, I listened to a, an AI YouTube video the other day that had an exact copy of Sam Harris's voice without acknowledging it. They just that's the voice they use in that channel. <laughs> Sam Harris's voice, and it sounds, you know, to me like a reasonable, intellectual, somewhat questionable arguments, but you know authoritative maybe authoritative voice that they have zero credibility you know to borrow yeah from, you could say just absurd shit in a sam harris voice right. you'd be like oh <laughs> all right i should probably like maybe be a little more open to that all right as a uh, as we wrap up anything else uh on the i wanted to mention AI what news? this like uh, i sent it to you guys is like the 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 gen ai tech company that is doing the best um voice generation right now I can't, I'm not going to be able to find it while we talk, but uh, there's a new company that is doing like the best work with this stuff. So all you have to, and you can actually do it. You know what I'll do? I'll find it. I'll put it in the show notes because I think it's worth everybody trying. There's a free sort of like one-time use or a free trial where you can record your voice for two minutes and, and give it to it and have it spit out something new. Um, and it's, it's the best out there right now. So like the best out there before this was play.ht. They're the ones that did the podcast generation between Steve Jobs and Joe Rogan. Mm. If you guys all saw yeah, that go yeah. viral. That's trippy. This one's even better. So, and you can use it. You can see what it's like with your own voice. I would use your voice. <laughs> Give a good voice. Babes are going to love using your voice. What if my voice gets stolen Dude, I, I, I remember- and without my permission becomes one of the voices on the Literatica sites? I remember as we long were, as I get my royalty. Armand and I were in our single days. This is a long, long time ago. And we were on a trip, and someone, some girl, like pulled me aside and just was like, "Man, Armand is just, I like him a lot, and it's his. I think it's his voice. <laughs> He's got like a sexy voice." Who was this? So you could license God. out your voice. I'll tell you about who, who was this. Who was That's too late anyway. Yeah. Voice. <laughs> it's your voice. Uh, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> But that's that's interesting, right? It's like my voice could get ripped off, or someone's face could get ripped off and turned into porn. Like you guys talked about this. Step. Ah, damn it! I wish I was there. Can we go back to that one day? We should do that episode just, part two. I feel just, like we could have even gone. Like, what do you do deeper. if like my voice is out there saying absolutely filthy, hot stuff, <laughs> turning women on? And they're all masturbating every night. And then on top of it, they've got the face of the guy they want looking at them in the eyes. They've got the voice they want. They're never going out again. I'll tell you what. I have no problem with it. I'll, I'll <laughs> what girl's going to go out anymore and deal with getting hit on at the bar? And the guy walks up. He's got alcohol on his breath. And he's talking too much. He's like, I'm going to go Keeps home. talking about Solana. I'm going to get off on this freaking, you know, perfect AI yeah, yeah. Uh, and I that, wanted that to be a fully to immersive, just like I wanted. fully immersive experience. They get your signature scent yeah. on their vibrator. Yeah, you choose it. <laughs> you choose it the way you want. 
Yeah. Ladies, did this speak to you? Did this sound yeah. reasonable? <laughs> I please, hope so. Please, if so, please I'm comment, happy to continue. Please comment in the chat. Please. Happy to continue more of this conversation. <laughs> this be good live stream talk. We we pull some people Would up. Would you, you know. repurpose Armand's voice for your own <laughs> God. dirty pleasures? Oh, man. Too late. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, the big thing is like these AI companies and, and some of the bigger companies are releasing this stuff fast, so... Make sure you're on top of it, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're just using it for yourself to make more money. I mean, yeah, I, I, I am a converted. I'm a converted normie, and now I'm, so I'm, I'm going to get the we get the account. I'm going to start playing around. You there. don't need the paid account, by the way. But I'm going to get the account. Look, I've tried to log in there as a you don't free, even have like the free. No, I had the free one. I, every time I try to log in, it said too congested. No, that means you've tried three times. I no, can't. no, I tried a bunch. No, it was too it's congested. Never, really? Yeah. That's crazy. But I, I think uh, my, my biggest worry is for our group of friends and for our audience to get left behind. And I don't I don't want that. Like whether just being aware of yeah. these like tools to make your life easier, yeah. to make more money or to start a new business. Well, that is Well, like, Eric said it, right? He's like, um, I don't you know, like like before you were like, I'm in, your point was, well, at least I should be native. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like at least don't become an old dinosaur. Yeah, you want to be native. So, like, I was originally using it to be like, hey, so if uh, Min and I want to go to Japan, you know, where should we go? And that was kind of, like, stupid because, like... Why like, is everyone going to Japan this year? Either way, like, I did it, and I was like, oh, well, yeah, I designed that myself. Thank you, AI, for the stupid design. I already planned it. But, like, uh, I get it now because, like, yeah. it can be used for a lot more things. I want to say, like... Hey, Mina's mad at me uh, for this, that, and the other. And like, what should I do? And then AI would be like, "Well, do this." But you could also use like, "Can you please apply the framework of the five love languages to your solution?" Yeah, yeah. And here's her too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, the other thing I wanted to just like further, I I hit it, but I want to hit it again. Is like, if you have uh, any level of like entrepreneurial dreams, or you already have a background in that world, not Jumping into generative technology right now, um, I think you regret it. I think it's the time, and you got to dive in and see what you can create. Even if it's just like a simple lifestyle business website, you you throw up some tech, throw a wrapper around one of these models, grab some data, uh, do some things slightly novel, throw some good distribution and marketing behind it, throw up a pricing page and a payment processor and make some extra money every month. Like it's not hard. Like and, what you what you said before, you said, hey, you think this crypto thing's big? AI's big. Is, uh, AI is the thing. I, I think crypto is, is yeah, it, it's it's not that it's a fad in, in comparison. It's just that crypto is is a segment. It's just this, it's it's... It's a well, component, it, yeah. and I think AI just has more, AI has a more macro, it's more immediate impact. use cases for yeah. sure. Yeah, it does. It does. Cool. I think that's it. Wrap it there. Yeah, let's wrap it, Stephen. That's good. I thought we were gonna just pitter out slowly, and then you took me on a took me on a journey there, but. Take take it out slowly. How'd you? Yeah. Oh no no no, we're good. You put we're some good. sting <laughs> on. We can wrap it now. You, you put you, some sting you, on. Sting? Yeah, you don't get that reference. Oh, is that, is that yeah. a Bill O'Reilly yeah, reference? Yeah, it is. Good job. <laughs> play, play Good job. Out. Take it away. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> Didn't we play that at the beginning of an episode one time? Sure did. Yeah, we did. Should be the intro. Yeah, it should. It should. All right, well, all right guys. Right. Thanks, for Thanks for listening. Yeah. Talk to the YouTube comments. Fun. Talk See to y'all the out Discord. There. Peace. Bye. Peace.